Hello and welcome to episode 720 of The Sleeper and the Bust. It is Thursday, July 25th. I'm your host, Paul Spore. I'm joined by Justin Mason, as well as a guest. We are getting, we are being joined today by Baseball HQ's Ray Murphy. Gentlemen, good morning. Thanks for the invite, Paul. Appreciate you coming on. Justin, how you doing? Uh, episode 720, does that mean it's 420 somewhere? I don't know how that links. No? Time zone? No, I, I, li- I like what you're going for. Oh, t- a time zone joke. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. So, it's, so I got it's, it. I got it. I was I, with it. I, I've been up It'd be 420 night, where so. you are. If, the, if yeah. the episode is based off of Eastern time in this in this weird world that you've created, mm-hmm. then yes, I guess it's 420 over it's there. It's probably and, close to my episode 420. And I, it has, it's got to be around there. And maybe you know what you need to partake because uh, you're, you're stressing right now. You're, you're, you're taking care of sick wife, sick baby, uh, grinding out. I think you're about to just say that you've been up all night. So yeah. I'm just wondering if I'm going to be traded. I don't think I don't think you are. Okay. Uh, I'm no, getting calls. No, no hug I'm not, watch. I'm not trading you. Okay. They're they're, good. they're coming with decent offers too. HQ called. That's why we ended up having Ray on the show. <laughs> HQ called. I said, nah. Did we do trade it. Jason they for up, Ray? They offered up some exactly. <laughs> they offered up some good stuff. Ryan Bloomfield was in the deal. I said, no, can't do oh, it. Yeah. No, no, no. There's no way Bloomfield was in the deal. Uh yeah, you gotta <laughs> talk to Brent. Brent uh, offered Bloomer. I'm just gonna I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Uh, he would no, never. He would never. Bloomer's too great. But uh we brought Ray on. I want to talk with a guest. Perfect time though, too, because right now people should be making their plans for what we call FPAS. That's First Pitch Arizona, the Baseball HQ, uh, baseball Fantasy Baseball Symposium. We, we brag about it, talk about it all the time on this show. So it's great to have somebody on who helps put it together. Uh, Ray, that's actually where we're going to start. Then we're going to get into some uh, deadline moves here. But let's talk, start with FPAS. Can you give a nice overview of it for the folks that maybe aren't familiar with it and, and you know some reasons why they should attend? Yeah, totally. So First Pitch Arizona, as you said, is our uh, symposium at the Arizona Fall League. Uh, this year, it's uh, due to some schedule changes out there with the AFL. Uh, we've got a new weekend. We're on Columbus Day weekend, October 10th through 13th, out in uh, based at a hotel uh, in Mesa, Arizona. So we're out there Thursday through Sunday. And basically what we do is Thursday, we have, go to a night game and have a welcome reception. Uh, say hi to everybody who we haven't seen in the last year, that sort of thing. Uh, and then Friday, Saturday, Sunday, basically it's mornings we spend in conference and have guys like yourself doing uh, presentations, arguing about uh, player performance, showing some cool new research, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the afternoons, we go out to ballparks and go to the AFL games. Last year we saw Vlad Jr., Peter Alonzo, those guys. Um, you know, The canonical tale is uh, for me is back in 2010 or so when we saw – Mike Trout and Bryce Harper in the same outfield when they were a combined oh. age of like 38 or something like that. It's fantastic. Um, and then, uh, you know, the real old timers talk about seeing uh, seeing some kid named Pujols who lit up the <laughs> AFL like, you know, 17 years ago or something like that. And then they all went and drafted him in their uh, in their leagues the next spring and all in all one weeks because of it. So, you know, the true old timers because they're the ones who talk, talk about the Pujols here. Exactly. But, uh, but then, then, then at night we, you know, if there's more ball games, we go to more ball games. If uh, if there aren't, we do drafts. We play poker. I I think uh, I heard there's a super techno ball tournament this year too. So you know, we we, we keep people entertained. That's oh. that's kind of the shape of the weekend. 
I imagine DVR is uh, is behind that Tech Mobile situation. Oh yes, you know, he, he is. plays. Uh, he plays competitively and and learned that while he is good and and does well amongst his friends, once he went to the competition, he realized he wasn't as good as he thought. But but he'll be, <laughs> You'll be that shocked guy. To hear, like, I hear the ringer is Dave Potts. So oh okay, but but DVR and Dave will will be that guy, the guy we look up to for our group. I bet I bet I bet DVR will run through. The group of us, but that'll be fun. It is an amazing time. If you guys can swing it, you really need to do it because it's just a great, great event. Um, it is moved up, as you mentioned, almost a month. Uh, so the the baseball decided to change the schedule of first yeah, pitch. They, they really Arizona. screwed me this year. Yeah, they they <laughs> messed with Justin. You, you got hit hard, yeah. <laughs> so so we're missing Justin again, unfortunately. Can, and can, uh, uh, for for the podcast, the live podcast, can we do like the hologram thing of me? <laughs> yes. <laughs> the the like like the Tupac one that I, they did. A, yeah. Uh, yes. I'm, I'm we'll gonna have... send a a uh, life size cardboard cutout, and you guys can just put it next to you. That uh, sounds on the panel. Great. I I would love two dimensional Justin. I got it. Um, but yeah, we will definitely have to do something like that. Maybe we'll call, get you to call in. Maybe you'd be like a little guest call in there. Yeah, we can tell him all the cool stuff he's missing. It'll yeah, like, oh my god, it's amazing. Guess who's here this year? Oh, everyone's here. It's amazing. Oh my god, they have so many good prospects. Everyone from the industry came. You're literally the only person who didn't make it. Yeah. Well, it's like uh, reliving high school all over again, <laughs> not being able to go to the cool kids party. Well, maybe next year, which I know we've been saying now for a few years. So yeah. we'll see. What what MLB does with the schedule if they put it in. I think this like, is just going to become a running trope of just, of know. just like ah, just missed. Mm-hmm. Justin mm-hmm. couldn't mm-hmm. make it. Couldn't Remember it. the uh, I don't know if you guys watch Late Night. I don't really watch the show. I'm just familiar with the uh, with the bit of Jimmy Kimmel and Ju- and Matt Damon just did this whole thing where it's like, and we got Matt Damon tonight. But then the joke was that he was there was never going to be enough time, and so they always had like a little rivalry. That's going to be you. It's like, oh, we got Justin going to F Paz this year. Oh, we saw the date. Now we can't make it. Ah, oh, nuts. But uh, maybe I, I, I might just re- rename it First Pitch Arizona without Justin Mason. Without Justin Mason. <laughs> you know without You will sell Mason. out so fast. <laughs> Some people are worried that you're going to be there, so they don't. Yeah, I was going to come, but you know, I heard Justin might be there, so yeah. So guys, yeah, we have to spice Baseball it up. Baseball HQ just needs to do one of the uh, symposiums in San Francisco again, so that way I can. You Ooh, know. There you go. Definitely. Okay. There you go. Um, and I believe are there early bird prices still ready to get the conference? Uh, so the early bird expired a week or so ago, but uh, are there are still spots available. So it's uh, it's our second lowest price point. Uh, it's uh, sitting at three ninety nine for the week, full weekend right now. Plus, Absolutely. you're on your own for travel and hotel, of course. But uh, you know that gets you you know three or four ball game tickets. We hit the uh, the Fall Stars game. Uh, gets you the the half day conferences, the welcome reception. There's a lunch thrown in on uh, probably Saturday. It's uh, so it's it's a full service operation. All the coffee you can drink, you know that yep. kind of stuff. No, it, it, it's great, and I do think it is worth it. Uh, BaseballHQ.com slash first-pitch-Arizona. Get details there, folks. Again, if you can make it, you're really going to enjoy yourselves. But let's talk some baseball now. Let's get into the trade deadline, which is still ice cold right now, unfortunately. Um, I, I was really hoping that the Kashner-Bailey thing uh, trades were going to kind of kick things off, but we've literally seen nothing since, or, or maybe like a small, I don't know if the Martin Maldonado deal was after, but either way, it was irrelevant. Um, but we're going to talk some trade deadline pitchers, and uh, we're going to start with a perfect thing for Justin. We're going to talk about his his lovely giants and what they're doing to ruin their future chances this year by just continuing to win. And it's absolutely wild 
because you know you don't. I'm not saying that the guys should go out there and be trying to lose. I'm just saying that this this run at the time that it's come is is kind of unfortunate for their uh, for their long term chances Seven, here. So seventeen let's, of their last twenty one, I believe. Yep, and it's just not. <laughs> you sound so annoyed by that. Justin. I, you sound I am annoyed. Utterly angry by this the, team is so annoyingly good. Oh, yeah, stop so winning! Annoyingly awesome lately. <laughs> uh, but yeah, they've played out of their minds of late, and we got to ask: Will they sell? They've got Madison Bumgarner, Will Smith, Sam Dyson as the headliners. They have a few other bullpen. I think Tony Watson is in that group too let alone maybe a couple offensive pieces, but we're focused on pitchers here. So, Justin, we will start with you since it is your ball club. Are, are they going to sell anything? I think they're going to sell some stuff. Okay. Uh, the problem is they're not going to sell the piece that would return them the most. Which is Will Smith which or Bumgarner? Bumgarner. Okay, I, I, I would agree with that. I think they're going to gut that entire bullpen. I think you could see uh, Tony Watson, Sam Dyson, Will Smith – Mark Melanson and Reyes Maranta all go. I would I would be cool with that then. That that would be all right then. If they kept Bumgarner but like flipped the bullpen, I would still call that a, a, a win there because right now I'm worried that they trade like one bullpen piece and that's it. That's my fear right now. I, I think for sure Will Smith is going to be gone. I think there seems to be a high likelihood that Sam Dyson goes uh, as well. Uh, and then Tony Watson probably uh, is, I'd say, 50-50 right now from uh, the things that I'm kind of reading and seeing and uh, and then some kind of uh, behind-the-scenes uh, talk that I've been uh, given uh, from people within the industry. So, uh, yeah, I, th- I think they're going to move some of the bullpen pieces. I just don't know. I think if they if they were able to sell Bumgarner for what they think they need to do in order to please the fan base, they would have done it already. Sure. So I, I, I just, think that's. I think they're too afraid of the fan base rioting and uh, burning down Oracle Park um, to move Bumgarner for very, very little, which is what he should probably command in the last year of a deal. So uh, I think he he ends up staying, but they're going to move uh, definitely move pieces away. I mean, I think that... they should still be able to get an impact piece for for Bumgarner. But Ray, what were you going to say? I was going to say, I was going to ask you guys, that, that kind of skims the question I wanted to hit you guys about is, with the logjam here and nothing happening, what do you guys think from a game theory perspective is the holdup on that? Is it teams like the Giants not sure they want to sell the pieces, yeah. or is it the buyers not, you know, it, or is it just literally like Bumgarner and, say, Bauer at the top of the market, like logjamming and the Yankees can't decide, you know, want to get the be- the biggest impact piece they can and they don't know who it is and everybody just sit, sits around watching that? Or but I can't figure out why the relievers haven't moved yet. See, that, that's the one thing I can't figure out because you know some of these relievers are going to move. It's I do think some of the asking price. Demand. It's There's too many teams selling. Yeah. Uh, and so teams are just comparison shopping uh i i think it'll be one of those uh kind of how free agency used to be where like the top guy goes and then they all go it'll be be dominoes so uh i think we just kind of got to wait for one of those teams to pull the trigger and my guess is it's going to be the red sox the red sox got to figure out which reliever they want to come in and kind of take over their bullpen uh and what they're willing to pay for it and kind of set the market so the other teams can jump in yeah, I think I think some of the market pricing too is is part of it because you know teams are asking big. I know my Tigers been 
dangling Boyd and Green. Castellanos is out there too, and they're asking for major returns. Of course, that's the rumor that's being floated out is the top of of their scale. I don't think they truly believe that they would get Glaber Torres in like a Matt Boyd deal, <laughs> but. I understand why they start there and you can wiggle down from there. But if they are hardlining that and they are saying even behind closed doors, like, no, 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 we, we meant that it's Torres or bust, then it's going to be bust for the Tigers because they're not getting Glaber Torres. So I don't know if I think pricing might have a bit, bit of part of it, which would play into Justin's too, because they could turn around and say, well, we'll just go somewhere else and not pay Glaber Torres and get a perfectly capable piece. So I'm hoping that once the dam breaks, things really open up. But it's hard to say right now, and I do think the Giants are a bit of a holdup there because of the way they're performing. That second wild card keeps a lot of teams with one foot in just waiting to decide, hey, do we want to go this way or not? Like, imagine if the Rangers hadn't had their big losing streak here. They'd be another team that would be looking. They're not even a big trade team right now. I think I think they're actually uh, – they'd be, they'd be okay to hold Miner and Lynn because they're both locked in for next year and Lynn for two years at very fair prices. At the same time, if you can get a great deal on Miner, I think you should be open to trading him. So I think they could go either way, and I'd be okay with what they're doing. But let's talk some of the big names that aren't Giants here. Uh, Ray brought up Trevor Bauer. Ray, we, we saw the trajectory of Cleveland this year. It's been kind of interesting. But we're at a point now where they're very much in it. They're really back into this division. It was looking for a moment like maybe this division was going to be a, a runaway and hide situation for the Twins. And it's not like the Twins are playing poorly. They're still at six uh, 600 ball. But Cleveland's rallied. They're just two games back. So does Cleveland even entertain trading Trevor Bauer at this point? Or, or is that something that you would do if you were in charge of Cleveland, right? I mean, two sides of the coin. I, I can make both, both arguments. I don't think I would be selling them. I think I like enough about the core of this team and what they've weathered that if you're getting Kluber back and Jose Ramirez has removed his head from his posterior, you, this is the team you wanted to take into the postseason all along. And it took you too long to you know, wake up Ramirez and figure out that, you know, who, who the components of your outfield were going to be with Mercado and now yep. Nathan waking up. But now that you have those answers, I don't see how you walk away from this core. I think I think they've got a hole. I agree. I, I really think they have to. I don't I don't know that you can flip somebody, especially somebody like Bauer, because that would be a major piece away from them. You know, they're they're doing this all without two aces with Carrasco right. dealing with. The I don't Virginia. even want to speculate on whether they can get Carrasco back, but they should exactly. get Gluber back. Gluber is, you know, working his way back from the fractured forearm. He should be back. So that is nice. Justin, would you move Beaver here? How aggressive would you be? as a GM, or, or would you say, you know what, we got, we finally got back to the level we need to. We're going to add an ace in Corey Kluber, um, and, and you know, even if he's not an ace, he's going to be better than Adam Plutko, and that's who he's going to essentially replace. So they're going to be adding a big piece without doing anything but getting healthy. So would you move Bauer at this point? A absolutely not. I'd be buying if I was him. Yes. If, if yeah. we had told Tony Watson them, looks great in that bullpen. Oh, you're yeah, so right. right about that. He would be perfect. If we had told them at the beginning of the season that they were going to lose Corey Kluber for virtually the entire season, that uh, Jose Ramirez was going to be just God awful, that they were going to lose uh, Mike Clevenger for a fair amount of the season, they might Carras have sold. Carrasco was going to have a yeah, five ERA Carras for twelve yeah. starts. Carrasco was going to probably be gone for the entire year. I mean, they probably would have sold everybody to start the season. Yep. Uh, and considering not only are they two games out in the division, but they're leading the wild card right now, 
I, I don't understand <laughs> how there are even rumors for yeah. a guy like Trevor Bauer. It makes absolutely no sense. And then you see why Cleveland fans are just uh, so frustrated with their ownership that they're not going for it right now. I mean, yeah, it's it just, it's it nuts. Makes I, no sense. I agree getting on the horn with San Francisco for one of Watson or, or Dyson. Yeah, put Dyson uh, in that bullpen or I mean, Will Smith or anybody. Just Yeah, just strengthening that bullpen would be get, such a good like move. like two or three of their guys. Go, go, you know, maybe you can't afford to go get Will Smith and another guy, but you can afford to go get uh, Watson and Dyson in a trade. Or, or you know, uh, get, uh, get Watson and Melanson, make San Francisco pay a bit there and, and you know, co- bring the cost down in terms of – prospect cost so yeah, yeah i think they you know but then they you know maybe danny salazar is a part of that bullpen maybe carrasco that's a good a, point maybe carrasco is a part of that bullpen you know yep. if, if he comes back and doesn't have the stamina i mean you know they they have to they have to stay in the race and see what plays out they have too many bullets they they, they really do and um you know i was so frustrated with what they didn't do with the outfield this past offseason i was like you know you guys deserve to lose but now they're back in it so we'll see what cleveland go, does go get hunter pence while you're at it Totally, that'd be a good that'd be a good ad too. Let's move over to Arizona. Uh, they're currently fifty two of fifty one. Yeah, they got to look at their Pythagorean uh, win loss of fifty eight and forty five and be kind of bummed that they've left some dubs on the table. I haven't really followed them that closely this year. I don't know if it's like a bad luck thing, a management thing, or sometimes your your for those that don't know your Pythagorean win losses uh, runs allowed runs scored versus runs allowed just kind of turned into a win loss record there. You know, maybe they have a bunch of big wins, nineteen to five or whatever, um, and that's kind of inflating it. Or they've left wins on the table. But either way, this team is better than they've played. It looks like, but at the same time, they're looking up. We said fourteen and a half games to the Dodgers, so that's out of the question. They're playing solely for a wild card. Should they move Robbie Ray, Justin? I'll start with you on that one. Absolutely. Uh, I mean, like you said, there, there's no team in the West uh, that can compete with the Dodgers. Uh, in the division, but also just in the playoffs in general. Like, yeah, you're 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 playing to win a championship. You're not playing to make the playoffs. Like that isn't uh, that isn't or it shouldn't be part of the equation necessarily. So uh, they should, yeah, they should trade anything that they can get return value for. Robbie Ray seems to be kind of the apple of the Yankees' eye. Uh, so the Yankees got you know Debbie Gar- or Delvi Garcia and you know a number of other uh, interesting prospects that would be really good in that Arizona system, which has been rebuilt and uh, has kind of been turned around. So I uh, I would thoroughly expect them to move Robbie Ray. That, I think they I think they should certainly entertain it. What about uh, Greinke as well? Ray, I'll bring or yeah, Ray, I'll bring you in on Ray. I was going to say very confusing sentence there. Um, what do you think about the Robbie Ray possibly getting moved? And would you also maybe add Zach Greinke if you could finagle the finances? Because I know that's the biggest hang up with with moving him and his contract. Yeah, I think. Th- you know, the, the Giants, to tie it back to that, you know, they have the you know the new front office in there. And, you know, this is still a fairly new front office in Arizona, too. I think the difference, though, is that this group in Arizona has already established some credibility. I mean, they took a beating in the offseason for what they got for Goldschmidt. But what they got for Goldschmidt has turned out to quietly be pretty good. You know, they're getting a lot out of Luke Weaver. And Carson Kelly looks like a building block behind the plate. So imagine if Weaver was still healthy. Imagine they'd if Weaver act- was still healthy. They would, they might, we'd probably be having a different conversation about them. We'd be talking I, I about agree. them adding. 
But yeah. I don't think there's enough lineup here, and, I don't, and there's no bullpen here. I think trying to make this team competitive would require too much buying. I think I sell Ray. Certainly, I'd sell Grinky first if I could work out the finances. That's probably in only the Yankees deal. And I don't know. We, I know Grinky's got a uh, fairly particular no trade list. I don't know off the top of my head if the Yankees are even on it. I'm sure um, they are. I'm sure he will not go to the Yankees. I would think that's right. And, the, you know, I, I, that, that probably leaves the answer is the Dodgers. He'd probably go back there, but that's probably the only fit for anybody who's got the pockets to afford that contract. That, that's the thing. They've got the money. They can still give, like, a, a decent piece with it without really impacting their bottom line of, of French of uh, um, prospects, excuse me. So, yeah, may, maybe something like that. But Ray seems as good as gone. And he should be because they, they should get a big piece there. Let's move over to the Mets and talk about their two guys. They have Noah Syndergaard and Zach Wheeler. Uh, Wheeler's actually a rental. Uh, Syndergaard would have a little bit more time after that. Ray, are the Mets going to move anybody? And would it be both or just one of the two? And if so, which one would you pick for the Mets? I think... I don't think the front office's got the stomach to move Syndergaard and admit that their plan to contend this year was as malformed as it's turned out to be. Um, I think they could probably get away with selling Wheeler if they can prove that he's healthy before the deadline. I wouldn't be surprised to see that happen. Um, but I, I just can't imagine that they're they have the self awareness to see that moving Syndergaard <laughs> may very well be their best move. That's weird. They're they're always known for how smart they are. I know, such a logical and you know and, and well well run organization, right? Yeah, they're always, they're always so sharp. I don't even know I don't even know what you're talking about here. Um, Justin, I imagine that you you have a similar agreement here because I'm I'm in lockstep with Ray. They should definitely move Wheeler if they can prove he's healthy, but they're probably going to balk on trading trading Thor. I mean, it, it, maybe someone gives them kind of that offer that they really can't say no to i just don't i I think like the two teams that are most equipped to do that are houston and the padres and i just don't see houston being the type of team that's going to give up kyle tucker plus uh for for thor so it comes down to aj preller who uh is a trading savant uh i wouldn't put it past him that he'd be willing to give up a huge chunk of that farm system because that farm system is so deep in San Diego. Mm-hmm. That being said, I just don't see it happening. I Again, I think it's kind of like the Bumgarner thing where this is the face of your franchise uh, and you're afraid of what the fans will do, especially considering the kind of not just year, but uh, I don't know, last three, three years. They've Existence. Had. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so uh, yeah. Cause I mean, if you're going to trade Thor, you might as well just do a full, rebuild and trade uh degrom too exactly and that's the and that's the thing that would never happen to me the that's the thing that van wagon doesn't have the um the uh the, the stomach to do i don't the, think the intestinal fortitude as yeah and, and, and to be fair it might not be him as much as the Wilpons. but you know the only way it could happen is if there was a way they could sell it where there was trading Syndergaard for like young immediate help and say this actually makes us better for 2020 not 2022 or 23 but mm-hmm. the problem is that roster is so mismatched and unbalanced and you know too deep in some spots and with no help in a few others that there's really only a very few combination of things you can go out and get that actually would accomplish that like you'd, ha- you'd have to start with like a true center fielder right and you know yep. those are pretty and those are pretty hard to find i don't think the padres have one of those to trade because they'd be playing them in center field already Margo. i mean you're not yeah. gonna, you're, you're Margo, not gonna trade 
Yeah, but yeah, Margot is not the, re- the centerpiece of a return for Syndicate. No. The, and that, that, I agree but with he, that. He could he be, would be, he could a, be a part of the piece or a part of the package. I, I mean, the problem, too, with the Mets is, like, that roster isn't that bad. Like, they just have played, like, complete trash. Well, the, the, the unfortunate be thing. Much better. Yeah, playing the uh, if I had told you at the beginning of the year game, which we did with Cleveland, mm-hmm. if we had said Pete Alonso is going to break out and mm-hmm. be amazing, he's going to have a 155 OPS plus. Jeff McNeil is going to exceed what he did last year. He's going to have a 145. Michael Conforto is going to continue to come along. He's going to have a 120. Sneak tip bench player Dominic Smith is going to have a 132 OPS plus. Those are th- Four guarantees I'm giving you. What do you want to do? They would be going doing backflips. Oh, your pitching staff is relatively healthy, and based on those those offensive pieces, you think you're scoring like 900 runs. Exactly. Oh, and um, Jason Vargas is going to be not uh, only a capable fifth; he's going to be like a fourth. He has a 3.96 ERA for 89 innings. So, how do you think your season is going to pan out? They're like, oh, cool, we won the World Series. That's yeah, amazing. Yeah, pre- 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 a playoff. And exactly. That that's like that's the crazy thing, and that just goes to show how baseball is, where you know even a handful, three, four, five guys. Uh, going right or going wrong doesn't sink or or drive your season. You need so many things to go the right way. And so it's just been a disaster for the Mets. They started off hot again, didn't they? Isn't this like a, now an annual thing where they start off strong and then and then completely fall apart? Uh, I feel like they had a decent record. It wasn't as good as a few years back when they were like 10 and 2 to start, but I think that they were they were decent to start the season only to Fall on their faces again, but of course, what was it? Uh, Seattle went thirteen and two to open the year, and we know where they are too. So, uh, where, where they're right. supposed to be? I think, uh, yeah, I I think the Mets in the in the end will probably stay on their hands quite a bit, but they should at least move Wheeler as he is a rental. Let's talk about Marcus Stroman, one of the guys who seems certain to be dealt. Um, just a matter of Toronto waiting to see what they can get. What's what's the best deal, which might not crystallize until the weekend or early next week. Uh, Ray, where do you think Marcus Stroman uh, is going to wind up? And then I'll throw in, where do you think it would be best for his fantasy value? Because I think those might be two different answers. Yeah, they probably are two different answers. I'm, I agree. I'm certain he gets dealt. I'm not even sure this is a case of Toronto, you know, haggling over price as much as it is the buyers all wanting to see where the Bowers and Bumgarners do or don't go, and you know Stroman yeah. is sort of everyone's consolation prize, and someone will scoop him up once they've exhausted the better options. Um, I mean, we in terms of where he could land that would benefit benefit him from a fantasy value. You you want the Homer Bailey deal for him, right? You want him in yeah. Oakland. Um, I, sure. I I don't know if that's um, you know I, I I don't know how many how much more buying the A's are going to do there. Um, I think the most likely place for him to land is actually probably Philadelphia. Okay, that wouldn't be awful. Be I mean, it's, it's, it's not. Yeah. I mean, bad from a ball perspective, but good, for, but good for infield defense. Exactly, and he already is in a difficult park, and he's made that work. And and the defense has been bad for him. That's always been one thing I've wanted to see for him. Just uh, for get him Stroman. off turf. Exactly. And, you know, Freddie Galvis uh, is, is probably the best shortstop he's ever had, but I don't think he's ever had a dynamic count, uh, one-two punch up the middle. So I, uh, I, w- I would like to see something like that. Justin, what do you think about, about Marcus Stroman and where he could end up? Mm, Philadelphia sounds like a really good landing spot. I mean, I, there was talk for a little while that San Diego could buy some players uh, because they've got that prospect depth for a run at 2020. And I wonder if Stroman would fit well into that. I, and, I mean, it would be a really nice park for him. 
Uh, defense behind him is uh, uh, pretty good in that infield. So uh, I, I would hope that he could end up in a place like that. I think he's more likely to end up in a place like Philadelphia or a, a really bad landing spot, which would be Milwaukee. Um, so, uh, yeah, I mean, you, you want to see him end up in Oakland or in San Diego, uh, but li- Philadelphia would be a nice little spot for him, I think. Yeah, I, I, I agree. That could definitely work for Stroman, and we'll see where he goes. Like I said, he's he's a damn near guarantee to go, so it's just a matter of when, not if. Uh, Mike Miner's definitely a matter of if and and probably leaning not, but we'll see. Again, has a year left on his deal. Um, I know he was kind of outspoken about even being involved in trade rumors. I think that was before the seven-game losing streak, though, so now it's like, well, okay, well, now we're 500, and... It's not looking so good, so we'll see what happens there. Justin, with Mike Miner, is that somebody that they're going to move, and and how much do you think they should? I think they definitely should, especially if they can get a really nice deal with that extra year of control. Uh, That being said, I don't think they do. I think they're going to hold on uh, to their pieces and kind of just stand pat and see what happens, uh, which is a really poor decision. Um, Though, I mean, there's talk, I guess, today about them getting a lot of interest in Nomar Mazzara. Uh, Interesting. So maybe that is, I mean, if they trade a guy like Mazzara, you've got to think they need to trade a guy like Miner. Like, what's the point? Yeah. Don't trade your 24-year-old and keep your Uh, first one. I don't know. If you take it from the perspective of them trying to, you know, mount a contender next year in the new ballpark, I kind of think they need to keep the pitching. But – they still need to make room for okay. like the likes of Willie Calhoun, and if you could, if flipping Mazzara allows them to do that, and heck, especially if you could turn Mazzara into more pitching, all right, he, or you, or sure, to your point, do both trade Mazzara for pitching, trade Minor for pitching, and you're and you could come out with you know still a pitching staff intact or a you know a, a younger, more promising pitching staff lined up for 2020 and 2021. Fine, but I I can trade Mazzara makes more sense to be the trade Minor. I think that's fair. Um, that you, you you mapped out the right the right point there that definitely sold me on that Mazzara twenty four years old you know quick tangent on him I, I fall for him every year and I think it's because I, f- I finally figured it out when he hits his homers they're some of the most majestic insane yeah, homers really in the are. league it's and like then you go Roy look Hop. at his page yeah and you look at his page and you're like fourteen homers cool uh, I thought a guy that with that hits like that should have twenty four homers with the way the league is playing this year and it, he just doesn't it's so weird like rent Renfro hits the same homers from the right right handed side, but then I go look at his page and he has twenty something homers. So he's doing what he's supposed to. He has twenty eight crying out loud. Yeah, and it's just that he gets caught in these ground in this ground ball fits for Nomar Mazar, and it's so frustrating. But he is only twenty four, so uh, three three full seasons. This will be his fourth full season under his belt, going into his age twenty five season. So there's a lot of experience. You could go one case of say this is who he is, so stop looking for more. Or you could still say there is this is still a growth period, and he could go beyond this, particularly with the right coaching, assuming he's open to it. But anyway, that's a quick tangent on Nomar Mazzara. I think there is a case for and against moving Mike Miner. It is hard to give away bankable pitching, and I understand Miner's health track record is worrisome. But find me a pitcher who, who's isn't or, or who's can't be in like the span of uh, a second. I mean, it can it can always flip on a dime. So when you've got somebody who now has, 
you know, 300 strong innings for them. Uh, it's they got to be reluctant to move that completely. So we'll see if they do anything in Texas um, with their pitching. But right now, it looks like maybe a hitter could be on the move. Let's move on back to back out to Detroit. We talked about Shane Green briefly, and we'll get into him more with the closers. But Matt Boyd is talk of the town, and they are asking big on him. But I still think in the end, hopefully they find a way to move him. This is as a Tigers fan I speak, saying that if they keep him, it doesn't really make sense. I love Matt Boyd. I love what he's become, but he's 28. He he will not – this is his first great season. Like, he had a good second half last year, and this is the first, like, full season of quality work. I just don't think he's going to be around for the next good Tigers team, if only because he'll be a free agent before then, not, not just because he'll be a little bit older, too. So – I think they should absolutely deal him. Justin, what do you think about Matt Boyd in Detroit? Uh, the Tigers seem to me to be that one guy everybody has in their dynasty league that doesn't understand what trade value is. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> so sure. uh, I think he sticks around uh, and maybe they look to trade him in the offseason. Uh, I think. I mean, I definitely think they should, if, if especially if they can get a pretty decent haul. I just think there's such a logjam of so many starters on the market that I just don't think the Tigers are going to get what they want. Well, I think I think you're right. It's a logjam of people who might be on the market, though, right? Mm-hmm. So true. But in, this, in a scenario where Bumgarner and, Bar- and Bauer end up both getting held, then you know Boyd could bubble to the top of top of people's lists. Including the Yankees, if for some reason they can't agree on a price on Ray, Boyd's yeah. a nice substitute there. So, um, you know, a couple of dominoes have to not fall. But in that scenario, I could see the price on Boyd. You know, there being a match on Boyd. Yeah, if they they bring it down a little bit and decide, listen, um, you know, we got to get this deal done. It doesn't make sense to keep Matt Boyd. Hopefully, they get something done. I, I did an article placing a lot of these guys, and I put Boyd on the Dodgers. Uh, maybe that's some wishful thinking there because, be I mean, it'd be so nasty. And, yes, they have five that they're running right now, but Maeda and Stripling, they're already ticketed for the bullpen in the playoffs. We we know that. Like, that, they're just not going to use them. So then they can go Kershaw, Bueller, Ryu, Boyd oh, as their four in the playoffs. And that's nasty. selfishly, <laughs> they, would be, they have a great system, so the Tigers would be able to get something. Even if they didn't get their top price, the secondary price that you would get from the Dodgers would still be nice. So that's what I'm hoping for. Fingers crossed. Uh, one last starter here before we get into some closers. Caleb Smith. Now, I, I put him on the Twins. I, I thought that that could be really cool if the Twins got aggressive because they would have more control. So they're not putting all their chips into, you know, just for this year. And then, uh, but then you still get a real nice lefty at the top there and you go Barrios, Caleb Smith. That's a nice duo. I don't know that Smith's going to get moved. I think that's the big hang-up of anything. But it, they should be in, intrigued to move him for the same reason the Tigers should move Boyd. you got a 27-year-old breaking out, uh, 28 in Boyd's case, 27 for Smith. Is he really going to be a part of their next great team? They should definitely move him. Ray, what do you think about Caleb Smith possibly getting moved by the Marlins? I, I think it makes all the sense in the world, especially because if that you know still fledgling young owner, young ownership and management group there is – shown anything it seems to be they have an eye for pitching and yeah they and they should you know they should be able to backfill this so sure flip smith there's more coming they've got a you know they've got a flotilla of young arms down there they would they wouldn't miss them and it doesn't affect their contending timeline and lord knows they have other holes so yeah it's awful oh it's so bad (laughs) it's impossible it's garrett cooper and eight clowns uh or seven clowns in the pitcher but he had so so bad justin I, i mean i 
Rain Iron agreement, they have to do this. I don't know if they're going to. Do you think they will? No, I don't think they will. Uh, I, I think they like him too much. I think they want that kind of uh, veteran yet young piece uh, at the yeah. top of their rotation. Uh, and, yeah, I, I don't I don't think uh, – unless some team goes out and really wows them with a deal, uh, which I just don't see a team like the Twins doing, uh, I, I think he's probably just going to stick in Miami. You're probably right. But uh, I mean, I mean if you're if you're Miami, you got to be asking for Kirilov in that deal, right? I was yeah. just about to bring him up. Yep, that's exactly what I was going to say. Is that Kirilov? Twins, I do that. I, I I think I would too, though, because I think they have other stuff coming up to where that wouldn't decimate them. I really do like Kirilov. In fact, from a fantasy standpoint, I'd be bummed that Kirilov would go to Miami. Yep. That'd be the only downside for for us selfishly. But as far as like what the the Twins have uh, b- behind him, as far as offense. I think they could afford to do that because, again, they're getting Caleb Smith now. He's a free agent after 2024, so they they would have him for for several years. And so, um, I or after 2023, I believe. But either way, that would be an interesting move. But I, in the end, I don't really think Caleb Smith gets moved. Uh, all right, we talked a little bit about the bullpen in. San Francisco, but there's a few other guys who could get moved. This is another one that's kind of like a, hmm, should they? They could really justify it, even though they're still kind of fringe contenders. The, uh, the San Diego Padres, they're now 48 and 53, so they keep kind of falling further and further to where they're more fringe contenders. Should they move Kirby Yates? Ray, let's start with you. 32-year-old, he, he broke out. Um, is he a rental? Or he, they, no, no, you'd have him for 2020. You'd have another year at 2020. So this is a year plus of Kirby Yates. But it's a 32-year-old closer breakout. That's the last thing like a top team needs. And regardless of who the GM's been, San Diego's been a middle reliever factory for years. First it was Kevin Towers, but uh, A.J. Prowers picked up because they do the same thing there. I mean, they got this Andres Munoz who's come up. He's been amazing. He could take the role. They have so many pitching prospects. One of them's going to flop as a starter, and they could become the next great closer. So this seems like an obvious move to me, but I don't think they're going to do it. Do you think that they move Kirby Yates, Ray? I, I was an absolute no until about a month ago, but I, I think I think watching Munoz a couple of times swayed me that now they can do it and not you know and not address their uh, you know not hurt their contending timeline or their chances of being good as early as next year. Um, yeah. I, he's been linked with Boston recently, which I find hysterical because the Sox don't have anything that yeah, would that, that, that would actually land him. No chance. <laughs> so, no chance. No chance. Yeah. So, but, but that's the trick, right? Is you got to find, you know, one of the teams that wants to build, you know, it's funny. Last year we saw the wave of every contender building the Super Bullpen and all the closers in July were working in sixth in the sixth inning for Oakland in August, right? Um, or the Yankees or Houston or whoever. And we haven't seen that kind of movement yet. And, but, but you got to believe that teams like the Dodgers, the Astros, the Indians, the Yankees want to do – the Cubs, for that matter, want to do that. So will someone come up with the the equivalent of the price they got last year for Brad Hand? I think that's probably what it's going to take. Yeah, some, something like that. I would, I would tend to agree there. And, um, you know, again, they're now – let's see. They're six games back with uh, four teams, though. That's the thing. The, the teams are starting to add up in front of the Padres for the wild card. Justin, Kirby Gates, got to move him, right? Yeah, you do. Uh, he's 32 years old. Uh, I think this year, if any year, is uh, a great um, 
uh, 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 totally blanking on the word right now, but the, the reminder. Reason, yes, a reminder. Thank you uh, of why you you do it. You look at Trinan, look at Diaz, who are the best closers in baseball. Yep. Last oh, that's year, a great call. And they've completely just fallen apart. And what Seattle did by moving uh, Diaz uh, and getting those prospects for him uh, seems to have paid off really well for them in the long term. Uh, you don't want to be just caught holding the bag. Who knows what Kirby Yates will be like next year? We think he's going to be good. Well, you know, we hope he's going to be good, but we just don't know for sure. So you got to capitalize on him this year. There's one team in Major League Baseball that really, really needs a closer and has exactly what the Padres want, which is uh, MLB-ready pitching in the minor mm-hmm. leagues, and that's Atlanta. So send him yep. off to the Braves. Go get you know Ian Anderson or uh, uh, Kyle Wright or you know a couple different guys, uh, and, and kind of get your your major league ready pitchers uh, that are prospects or top prospects, and, uh, and make this happen. You were, yep. you just stole my counterpoint since we were all we were all in agreement on so much of this. I was going to pivot and take the other side of this argument. The other side of this, from the Padres' perspective, as close as I can put it together, would be: What are you asking for in return? Your lineup, now that Urias is up and Margot is woken up in center field, your lineup is pretty much set going forward for the next few years. You've got a ton of pitching. Sure, you can always ask for more pitching. And yeah, Kyle Wright or a Tuki Toussaint or whatever, fine. But does... Is that going to help? Say, say you really want to win next year. Would you? Are you better off having no, having one of those guys or two of those guys? Or are you better off betting that Yates hangs on for another year? That's interesting because I could see the case where they're like, yeah, no, we're just going to run it back next year. We don't need to do that. Maybe they go for something a little bit younger, like a Drew Waters from Atlanta. Now he's an outfielder, and while they do have outfield. There are some redundancies with like Renfro and Reyes. I don't think Atlanta would trade your waters. I don't know if you get Kirby Yates. I I think I think Atlanta would trade from a strength like maybe like an Ian Anderson and. uh, Well, they do have strength in pitching, but they also have strength in outfielders. Yeah, I I I, I think they've got a few. I I I understand what you're saying about the pitching, and I, I I tend to agree with that. But I think that maybe. If San Diego standpoint, they say let's let's look at the outfield here, and I'm trying to think: do, do the Braves have any offensive deficiencies that they could? Because then maybe they could get a, a hitter with Yates or something if they if they were going to work kind of a big deal here. I'm looking, not really. It would have to be for more of a bench piece because everything else is pretty locked up as far as uh, the starting position. So I don't know. I could see it for the pitching that you bring up, just because you can literally never have too much. Pitching. So even though San Diego does have a good bunch of arms, they've brought up a bunch this year. So just to replenish that might not be a terrible idea. But I could also see them maybe trying to get some more athletic athleticism in their outfield uh, with uh, the two big burly DH types in Renfro and Reyes kind of pl- plugging up the corners right now. Let's go back out to Toronto and talk about another guy who's definitely going to be traded. It's just a matter of when. That's Ken Giles. Um, Justin, where do you think he's going to go, and and what kind of what kind of return do you think Toronto can get here? Oh, the, the the return is the question. I, I seem to feel like he's going to end up in Boston because it won't take nearly as much. Uh, as... It's a year plus, though. It's not just a rental. It's a year plus. But he's got. It's well, I guess he's not making a ton of money. He's only making six million this year. So yeah, I would have thought he was making more. 
Oh, maybe <laughs> maybe they can't get it. Maybe they can't afford him. I'm telling you, they can't afford him either. So maybe Tristan Cassis gets that done. I, I don't I don't know uh, if it does. Uh, yeah. Otherwise, I don't know who's necessarily going to be. I mean, he, Giles doesn't necessarily have to close for a contender. So exactly. Yeah, he was my pick for Atlanta. That's kind of where I thought he was going to end up. Um, I I sort of have Tony Watson penciled in for the Red Sox. I think that's um, about the speed the Red Sox can offer, can can afford. It's a not, it's not a closer, but it's a big, it's a helpful piece. uh, You're not going to cost an arm and a leg to get a Tony Watson, and yet he could be kind of a pivotal guy. Like we could all envision Tony Watson dominating the playoffs as a lefty and being like, dang, remember when they got him for. Nothing. Yeah, uh, yeah. No. You could, you know, even without a closer, you can envision Eovaldi and Workman from and and Barnes and Watson as like uh, you know mix and match seventh yep. or ninth group that could work. You know, uh, but I really do think it, you know in that sense, Atlanta. You know, as bad as the Boston bullpen has been, Atlanta almost even more so because I think they have more aspirations of actually making a run because everything is so buttoned down there. I think they really need a Giles or a Yates, and yep. I it'll probably come down to you know, price and prospect matchup and which one they can work it out for. I think Giles would give them more flexibility because uh, Toronto needs that pitching like crazy. So the pitching depth that we were talking about with Atlanta would be an absolute perfect oh, fit. For sure, yeah. So they, they might even look at like, I don't know, maybe they go Stroman and Giles and then just give yeah, a couple yeah. of those pitchers because then you get, you know, you get the more steady starter because they've been kind of bouncing some guys in there and we don't know what Soroka is going to be like with his, uh, innings limit, Max Fried's young, and you get the big piece. But either way, they should at least get Giles, if not uh, Giles and Stroman. So I like that. Uh, two other guys here, Mike. Philadelphia would be an interesting spot for them as well. They, they definitely. Now, when, when's Robertson coming back? Is he coming back? I don't know that he is. Oh, for he some was, reason I thought he was working. He was rehabbing, but I think he was getting shelled. Yeah, didn't oh, he have no. a setback? I could have sworn he had a. I forget if it was a physical setback or just getting rocked. He's uh, to be away from the field at least until the beginning of August. Okay, yeah, he was he's... transferred to the – yeah, okay. So it's not looking good there at all. Yeah. Okay, point well taken. All right, let's talk about Michael Givens starting to maybe, uh, you know, add a little bit to his value. He had a pretty disastrous start to the year. Uh, definitely looking like somebody who's not going to command a lot in the market. He's actually 29, though. He's kind of a new guy on the scene, it feels like, but he's not. Um, I think because he had some name recognition for the first time last year on the fantasy landscape, he feels new. But he's actually, um, you know, he's been around since 2015. But it is a year plus uh, as far as service time that they would have him for a a while. Actually, excuse me. They'd have him for 2020 and 2021. So you get two and a half years or, you know, two plus years, I should say, with Michael Givens. I think a team's still going to want him despite some of the struggles this year, if only because the price is dirt cheap. And this is still a 29-year-old righty who can really bring it, has some nasty stuff. They should absolutely move him, even if it's not for like a major piece. Ray, what do you think about the Orioles moving uh, Michael Givens? Yeah, they they really should move him. I, I, I don't have any doubt that they're tempted to hang on to him. Why, why would they be? He's just, he's 29. He'll be 35 by the time there's a next, the next good Orioles team, right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but, um, you know, it, more, obviously, rather than the lockdown closer that we were talking about with Yates and Giles, this is, you know, for a good team, this is more of a, a pen lengthener or a matchup guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, Minnesota comes to mind as a good fit. Yep. 
I, I, I think that 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 works. Some, okay. Something that where you get him in the middle. He he's he's cheap and at the bottom of his uh, perceived value. Billy Bean mainlines that kind of stuff Ooh. for Brad. Oh yep yep, yep. sure. So, That's I mean, a great <laughs> call. And they need some help. Their bullpen is not the strength that it was last year well, in get Oakland. A, get him out of Camden Yards where he gives up all those home runs and into the Oakland Coliseum. I told I totally agree. And all of a sudden, um, you take a little bit of the burden off of Hendricks, who's who's fulfilled the Trinan role. So the fact that Trinan's flopped hasn't hurt Oakland as much because Hendricks has literally been a a Trinan clone in terms of results, but they need some depth there. And Michael Givens, that's a great call. I like that one a lot. We'll, we'll settle on that fit there. I like the Minnesota call as well. I think either of those would work very well for Michael Givens. And then finally, Shane Green. Uh, it's only going to cost you Glaber Torres, Yankees, so just pony <laughs> up and get it done, dude. <laughs> they want Kyle Schwarber from the Cubs. I think I... That one makes actually a lot more sense. I think it was like a deal like Castellanos and Shane Green, and they get Schwarber and some prospects. I think that actually works, to be quite honest. I mean, it's not like Schwarber's still holding a ton of upside. What are the and... Cubs want a worse defensive outfielder than Schwarber? Well, that's the thing. You know, the crazy thing, though, and it's just the metrics. I'm just going off what the metrics are saying. Castellanos has improved. Now, your counter, before you can say it, is, well, how, yeah. how the hell couldn't he improve? He couldn't have gotten worse, that's for sure. You're right. But he went from god-awful, holy cow, why are you on the field, to, okay, you suck, but you're going to make a few plays. So that's all it's been. He's made a few plays this year for uh, for Nick Castellanos. I am surprised that an NL team is going so hard for Castellanos, though. It surprises me, and I want it to happen. And a lot of Cubs chatter. They don't have a great system, so I'm not as geeked as as you know the Tigers trading with them. But it does look like they're going to get two out of the three of Green, Boyd, and Castellanos to the Cubs. So we'll see what happens there. But uh, Green looks like another fit that he doesn't have to close. But let's not sleep on the fact that he certainly could. He's been really good this year. The only one thing that he has a little bit of a home run issue um, where it's at 1.2. That's five homers. That's the same number of earned runs he's given up, though. So, um, you know, he's ah, the famous 100% strand rate. Yes, exactly. So he, he's given up five runs on five solo homers. And so, or, or actually, that's not true. I'm trying to see how that's working here because this says two runs. He's given up. I'm very confused here, guys, because I'm looking at his game log and it says, oh, unearned run. Okay, there it is. He gave up a homer, but it was unearned when he gave up a five-run spot. Ah, the unearned homer, game. nice. Yeah, the, the weird unearned homer. Anyway, doesn't matter. Shane Green, where do you like him, Ray? Uh, all of those kind of givens destinations seem like they're, you know, they— The givens-Giles destinations, right? Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I, to, to go back to one of the other ones, if Atlanta's trying to play— play this on the cheap and not go all in or doesn't want to spend that pitching depth, they can get green for cheaper than Giles or Yates for sure. You would think, but then you'd have to know what the Tigers are asking for. And you know what? They want Acuna for green. And I don't blame them. You hardline that. You say Acuna for green. We'll maybe come down to Albies, okay? But come on, you're getting Shane Green for crying out loud. Basically the next Mariano Rivera. No, I, I don't know. I hope the Tigers do not over ask themselves out of this entire deadline i will be livid if that happens yeah, and that's uh what's gonna happen with some the, of these prices the market for green should be broader though because at the price point assuming you know jokes aside assuming that the tigers properly price him he's a guy that a fringe contender or somebody who's just yeah. trying to stick into a wild card could justify the budget for 
I, I, I would agree with that, and that that should definitely be the case. The Tigers maybe, should be maybe open to that. Maybe an answer for Tampa Bay, who's yeah, something like that. Of, you know, falling on hard times, uh, and it, but uh, you know, I mean, Oakland and Tampa, Cleveland, and Cleveland, like they they could easily all just hold and hope for the best. I mean, that's kind of been True. their mo. So who who knows what's going to happen? I, I think that's what makes this trade deadline so a, intriguing. A potential dud. Yeah, is there's so few teams that are actually uh, competing, and some of them aren't necessarily going to be buying. Yep, I think that that's that's the frustrating part here. So we're gonna have to see how it goes. Um, you know, we're on the 25th right now. The deadline is on Wednesday. I don't know if having a weekend helps or hurts. You know, like depending on how the 31st winds up, if uh, you know having this weekend be close to the deadline, if that's a good thing or not. But maybe it is gives t- maybe teams have some more time to kind of figure some things out. But we're going to see here and I'm hoping that we're going to see a lot of action. But I am a little bit nervous at this point that it might end up being a little bit stale. And uh, we just see a handful of moves from from some of the bottom feeders like Toronto and Detroit. So we'll see. But, Ray, appreciate you coming on. It's great talking with you. People can find you on Twitter at Ray HQ. What have you got going on over at HQ that people need to check out? Yeah, so we'll have plenty of uh, trade deadline coverage over the course of the next week. Uh, one of the things I always look forward to is besides the major league coverage, uh, after the deadline, probably next Friday, we'll have a pretty comprehensive write-up of all of the prospects that changed hands. So if, yes. you've got, if you're an AL only or an NL only and you know, we're trying to sort out the you know not just the big names who moved, but the prospects who came back in those deals and who you're targeting in your you know late season farm pickups and that sort of thing. We'll have, we'll have a big digest of that. That's always one of the things I dive deep into, not as a writer but as a consumer of uh, come come next Friday. Yeah, I love it, and I've been you know my quest every year is to get better at prospects and know more and try to go deeper or at least know more of the double and triple because it's hard for me to really stay on top of like a ball stuff while giving so much bandwidth to the majors. But I do, I've, I've been more intrigued by uh, minor league prospects every year uh, over the last several. So I like seeing that after all the deals, Justin, give me your final thought here on this deadline. What, what's one move that we're tepid on that we're actually going to see uh, that we're tepid on that we're actually going to see. Yeah. One of the ones that we lean toward. No, that's actually going to come that you would put the most confidence in. I think your choices would be one of y'all's guys, one of Bumgarner, Smith, uh, Bauer, Thor, Smith, uh, Caleb Smith, that is, Kirby Yates, and Miner. Will Smith gets dealt. Okay, uh, so you think, okay. Uh, Kirby Yates is is my second one. I think think he gets moved. Okay, that'd be awesome. That'd be a big big deal. Now, it wouldn't be awesome maybe for, although I think he's going to close wherever he goes. So it wouldn't be fantasy. You know what seems like probably the most likely thing to happen is the Giants turn into buyers and really fuck with me. (laughs) (laughs) I hope that happens, dude. That'd be so funny. Awesome. There's your explicit label, too. I love it. The Giants trade their entire farm system for Noah Syndergaard, and then he gets a UCL tear. Elliot Ramos for uh, for Shane Green, dude. Yeah, get jo- it done. Joey Bart, Ramos, uh, Luciano Marciano. Uh, <laughs> yeah, just that would that would be that would be brutal. But um, or they'll trade right, well, back back for Zach Wheeler. Oh, it comes full circle. Oh man, that would be that would be crazy if they did that. That was the Carlos Beltran deal there, and obviously that worked out much better for the Mets. But anytime you're trading for Carlos Beltran, 
you think you're getting. I mean, it took a long time for it to turn out well for the Mets. That's true. Yeah, and it has fallen on a little bit of hard times this year. But anyway, all right, guys, we're going to wrap up. Ray, thank you so much for being on. We will see you. Well, I will. Sorry, sorry, Justin, get screwed. Ouch. Uh, I'll see you in a couple months, Ray. <laughs> I'll see you in New York. <laughs> and I hope you guys enjoy the uh, enjoy the deadline. Take care. This was fun, guys. Thanks a bunch. Take it easy.